Countdown for blast off. X minus one. Yes, it's Maxwell House Coffee Time, starring George Burns and Gracie Allen. Richard Diamond, private detective. The Johnson Wax Program with Fibber McGee and Molly. Suspense. It's time once again for another comedy episode of Our Miss Brooks. Dragnet. We offer you escape. Kraft presents the Great Gildersleeve. Yeah. I'm that man. Matt Dillon, United States Marshal. Good evening, friends of the Inner Sanctum. The Jack Benny Program. Hi, this is Carl Amari, and welcome to episode 61 of Radio Rarities, the weekly podcast series that examines unique episodes from the golden age of radio. My co-host is the vivacious Lisa Wolf. This time we have an audition of a dramedy anthology. It's the Damon Runyon Theater starring Pat O'Brien from October of 1947. This was the start of a series of 52 half-hour episodes to be adapted from the works of Damon Runyon. One of the most celebrated newspapermen and humorists of the first half of the 20th century. Damon Runyon is best known for his short stories of lovable but shady characters who inhabited the Great White Way, Broadway, in New York. Runyon's tales, written in a unique present tense format known as Runyonese, were first published during Prohibition of the late 1920s in Cosmopolitan magazine. Soon his stories were appearing in the Saturday Evening Post, Liberty, and Colliers. Runyon's tales were so popular, they would soon be transformed to the silver screen and also radio. The first film in 1933 was Lady for a Day, adapted from the Runyon tale Madame La Gimp. It was nominated for several Academy Awards, including Best Picture, Best Director Frank Capra, Best Actress Mary Robson, and Best Screen Adaptation Robert Riskin. Lady for a Day was also heard on CBS in a 1933 broadcast from the ship Queen of Bermuda as it sailed from New York to Hamilton, Bermuda. Starting with the Collier Hour in 1930, numerous Runyon tales were heard on various radio series, including Club Car Special and Hollywood Radio Theater. In 1937, Damon Runyon purportedly signed a contract with New York Sunday Inquirer Broadway columnist Marcus Griffin and radio writer-producer Lawrence Hammond to create a dedicated series of his dramatizations. There was to be ad-libbed commentary by the author during these sessions. However, it appears that this project never progressed to the audition stage. In 1944, a proposed syndicated series, The Damon Runyon Show, was being developed by prolific radio producer Frederick Ziv. Despite the promotion by the Ziv firm, there were no takers of the audition recording and the option ran out. In 1946, the New York office of Trans-American Radio and Television Corporation recorded at least two auditions, neither of which was successful. Damon Runyon succumbed to cancer in December of 1946, but interest in his stories continued the following year with a series proposed by talent agent Paul Smith that was to star film actor John Garfield. Once again, this endeavor failed to find a sponsor. It was not until October of 1947 that another film actor, Pat O'Brien, was slated to star in a series produced in New York by the NBC Radio Recording Division. The network's vice president in charge of that division, C. Lloyd Enger, personally oversaw the development of the Runyon series, 
touted as being the most expensive transcribed syndicated venture ever undertaken by the network. Burt Wood, who made a success of previous NBC-recorded programs, The Weird Circle and The Haunting Hour, was assigned as producer-director. For the audition, the division's continuity supervisor, Gordon Weber, enlisted staff writer Tom Langan to adapt the Runyon Yarn Princess O'Hara. First published in the March 3, 1934 issue of Collier's. The following year, Universal Pictures released the initial film version starring Gene Parker and Chester Morris. It was remade again in 1943 as It Ain't Hay with Bud Abbott and Lou Costello. Princess O'Hara was adapted to radio in 1944 for the This Is My Best series personally chosen by Damon Runyon. Pat O'Brien was selected to star in the new radio series with the proposed title The Damon Runyon Theater. As the narrator of the original Runyon stories was anonymous, the name Broadway was bestowed upon him by script author Tom Langan. Appearing in each episode, Broadway would act as narrator and the sole reoccurring character in each story. And as Broadway, Pat O'Brien was no stranger to radio, having starred in Lux Radio Theater adaptations of his films Angels with Dirty Faces and Newt Rockney All-American. He also appeared in several episodes of The Cavalcade of America. And was familiar with Runyon's work, having had the lead in the adaptation of Doc Brackett on the Radio Reader's Digest. O'Brien's co-star, Wendy Berry, who portrayed Princess O'Hara in the Damon Runyon Theater audition, was also a radio veteran. She had been a regular cast member of Jack Haley's show in the late 1930s. And was the quiz mistress on the 1945 Detect and Collect program. She also appeared on Theater Guild on the Air, Inner Sanctum, and Suspense. Okay, sit back, relax, and enjoy Pat O'Brien as Broadway in Princess O'Hara, an audition of the Damon Runyon Theater as recorded at the NBC New York Studios in October of 1947. The Damon Runyon Theater, starring Pat O'Brien. You've read and laughed at the famous Damon Runyon stories in magazines and books, seen the unforgettable Runyon characters on the screen. Now the fabulous tales of that wise and witty observer of the Great White Way live again in the Damon Runyon Theater. The story this time, Princess O'Hara with Wendy Barry, and playing the role of Broadway, the teller of the tales, our star of the Damon Runyon Theater, Pat O'Brien. Hiya, folks. The Damon Runyon story I want to bring you this time is one of my favorites, and it involves as rare a group of characters as ever struggled with a sturgeon at Mindy's restaurant. It's also about some shady characters who are not so nice in what they almost do to a very pretty doll. I'll tell you all about it in just a minute. Damon Runyon Theater, starring Pat O'Brien. And here he is to tell you the famous Damon Runyon story, Princess O'Hara. Well, this Princess O'Hara is by no means a regular princess. In fact, she's nothing but a little red-headed doll from over on 10th Avenue. 
but she's as pretty a little doll as anybody had wished to see. She's got a couple of blue eyes that are most delightful to behold and a smile like six bits. And in all, she's a very pleasing scene. She drives an old Victoria in Central Park, which is a fancy kind of buggy pulled by a horse. Now, you might say this is a very unusual occupation for a doll. But it so happens she's carrying on for her father, who's dead, and trying to support her mother and six brothers and sisters. Her father, we used to call King O'Hara. So naturally, we call the daughter Princess O'Hara. And with all the boys around Mindy's restaurant where the princess has her cab stand, she's a very great favorite. But our story really begins one evening when Princess O'Hara is approached by two characters who are strictly from larceny. They are Fats O'Rourke and Joe the Blowfly. And they are crooks who are very fond of stealing. Princess, we are telling you straight. We need you to help us get those furs away. And I'm telling you straight. Nothing doing. I don't want any part of your stolen furs in my cab. Ah, but that's the point. In your cab, Princess, no one in the world would suspect it. Yeah, yeah, Joe's right. Every Irish cop in New York knows you as a very respectable doll. I've heard enough. I won't do it. That's that. Now go away. I have customers waiting at Mindy's. Listen, sister. You'll be in front of I.K. Mink's first saloon tonight at one o'clock sharp. Or else that family of yours is going to get a nice present for me and Joe here. A little gift that goes boom. You wouldn't. Not my family. Wouldn't we? But, Ma, and the kids never did you any harm. Maybe not. But a little present from us is going to make sure they don't. Unless... Unless the cab's in front of I.K. Mink's fur salon tonight at one shop. The princess is smart. You got the idea. Think it over, but don't talk out loud about it. And we'll be seeing you, princess, tonight at one. Well, that is indeed a bad state of affairs for a nice doll like the princess to be in. I learn about it a little later when she drives up in front of Mindy's with her horse, Goldberg. I am standing there with last card, Louie, and regret the horse player, and regret is talking as usual about a subject very dear to his heart. And then in the sixth, with me losers all day, I plunk every potato in me kick on Gallant Godfrey. A nice horse, that Gallant Godfrey. And he pulls away from the rest of those crocodiles like they were standing still, and keeps out front all the way. What a horse. Everybody knows Gallant Godfrey is a great skate regret. But right now, I'm wondering why the princess is sitting up on her cab over there looking so sad. Yeah, and... she does have a long kisser at that. Could it be the princess is in trouble? I suggest we step over and find out. If the princess is in trouble, we should know about it. Hello, princess. Hiya, Goldberg. Hello, Broadway. Hello, Louis. Regret. I am so glad to find you here. The boys and I seem to detect a little sadness in that pretty face of yours. What is it, princess? Can we be of help? Oh, Broadway, I don't know. I, I don't know what to do. I can trust you three not to repeat what I say. But naturally, Princess. That goes without saying. I've just met Mr. Fats O'Rourke and Mr. Joe the Blowfly. Do you know them, Broadway? They are two guys who stoop to very low practices. In fact, they sometimes don't wait to stoop. They're insisting that I meet them in front of I.K. Mink's fur salon tonight in order to help them transport some furs they're planning to steal. I'm to meet them there at my cab at one o'clock. A very neat scheme, and if you don't... Well, that's what's so terrible. They they threaten Ma and the kids if I don't show up. It is known far and wide that Joe the Blowfly can make a neat bomb. Complete with a ticker that goes off at the appointed hour. If anything happens to Ma and the kids, 
Oh, Broadway, what am I going to do? Yeah, well, that's going to take some figuring, Princess. They are indeed low characters to implicate you in such a dishonest deal. We could look up Fats or Rook and Joe the Blowfly and personally give them both No, a... no, we can't stoop to such low tactics. Did you say you'd do it, Princess? No, didn't say I wouldn't either. I don't want to, Broadway, but if Ma and the kids are going to be harmed, there's, there's nothing for me to do except be there. Yeah, well, maybe you'll go through with it and maybe you won't. You got an idea, Broadway? Maybe I have. This a little time, Broadway. It's tonight. All right, then you plan to be there, Princess, and don't worry. And don't be scared. But I am, Broadway. Scared to death. Scared to death? What is it that frightens the young lady, Broadway? Oh, huh? hello, Georges. I'm glad to see you. Princess O'Hara, may I present Prince George's Latour? How do you do? Charmed, I'm sure. Oh, and George's, this is Regret and Last Card Louis. Hiya, George's. George's? There are two of them? No, Louis, no. That's just the way they spell George over in Paris, France. George's is a real prince. In France, yes. And in my country, if a lady is in distress. The prince's problem is very simple, George's. She has no fare for a handsome cab. Now, if you will engage her for a ride through Central Park. Oh, it is done. If the princess will accept me. But of course, Prince George's. And perhaps, uh, since she is an American princess, she will help me study your American ways. Well, in that case, you'll have to sit in the driver's seat with her. And I will occupy the cab. It'll be a good place to think out a personal problem of my own. Uh, Louis, you and Regret wait here. We'll be back within an hour. A lot of things can happen in an hour, and personally, I hope so. Get up, Goldberg. <laughs> Well, it is very pleasant riding along through the park And I do not have very much to say to the princess George is up on the high seat And maybe that's just as well as they're paying me no attention anyway The princess is a nice young fellow And I'm glad to introduce him to the princess I don't suppose you can bore him much on his title in a hock shop in these times But over in Paris, France The name of Prince George is highly respected even though I understand his family don't have as many potatoes as formerly. Well, we ride along, and in between worrying about how I'm going to shake Fats O'Rourke and Joe the Blowfly, I am glad to overhear that the prince and the princess take to each other more than somewhat. Ah, <laughs> oh, princess. Central Park is the most beautiful park in the whole world. It is a very big park, at least. I am enamored of it. From the driver's seat, the view is superb. Especially of Goldberg. Goldberg? Ah, oh, you mean the statue over there. <laughs> that is General Sherman. <laughs> no, Georges. Goldberg is my horse. Ah, oh, yes, and the beautiful animal he is. He's a broken-down old nag, and you know it. And I can tell you one thing, Prince Georges. Flattery will get you nowhere with him. But with you, Princess? Or with me. You see, Georges, in this business I meet up with a lot of guys. And by now I know all the answers. This flattery is old stuff to me. Oh, good. Flattery is out, so I can speak to you directly from the heart. That's a pretty good line, too. As you say, but in this case, no. Princess, do you believe in love at first sight? Do you? No, but in this case, yes. In this short time I have known you, I have... Say, what's got into Goldberg? He's slowing down. Giddy up, Goldberg. What's the matter with the motor? I don't know, Broadway. He just quit and stuck out his tongue. Oh, come on, Goldberg. Goldberg, what's the matter with you? He must be very tired, Princess. See, he is lying down. Oh, Broadway, something terrible's wrong with Goldberg. He's a sick horse, Princess. I know enough about nags to know that. Then we've got to get him to the stable. Call a doctor. George's, 
Run over to the tavern on the green. Call Regret and Louie at Mindy's. Tell him to get a horse doctor up here quicker than a flash and maybe sooner. I am practically there. I am so sorry, Princess. Hurry, Georges, please. Poor Goldberg. He looks so sick, Broadway. Yeah, yeah, and I'm thinking Fat Saruk or Joe Blowfly are never going to believe Goldberg pegged out like this. Oh, them. I'd almost forgotten. We can't keep that date now with, with Goldberg laid up. What'll happen tomorrow and the kids? What time is it, Princess? Nearly nine. I may have an idea. But it requires the services of last card, Louis, and regret. So, if you'll excuse me, I'm off for Mindy's. What is this idea of yours, Broadway? Never mind. But I'll tell you this much. If my idea works, Princess, you'll live happily ever after. Gentlemen, that is a problem. We have got to get a horse. A horse, Broadway? Like those characters that run with $2 bets on their nose? The same. Goldberg just fell down in the park with a colic or something. And the prince is in the jam. We got to have a horse by midnight. We could maybe buy a horse. You mean with real scratch? Well, maybe we could take up a collection. Oh, no. That'd be too slow. Besides, there are very few citizens I know who would care for the idea. Furthermore, it is great foolishness to talk a waste in money buying a horse when the bonds up at Empire City are packed with crocodiles of all kinds. Maybe we could send a committee up the track and borrow a nice horse for the princess. Sure, at the racetrack, they have a lot of horses. Very sound suggestion, regret. Then the princess could keep a date with Fatso Rook and Joe the Blowfly, and afterwards, we could return to Borough Nag. Do either of you know a horse owner who has one he wouldn't mind lending? As I see it, Broadway, we should not waste time asking anybody. Most of the owners are touchy, and if we go around asking them to lend a horse to pull a hack, they may figure we're insulting their horses, which I would never do. Regret is right. Since this is an extreme emergency, I think the owner would understand if we just borrowed the horse and said nothing of the matter. After all, there's nothing felonious in the idea, or anyway, not much. Regret, I realize you and Louis are inspired to do this because of very kind feelings for the princess. And because of my plans as regards dealing with Fats O'Rourke and Joe the Blowfly at one o'clock, I appoint us, a committee of three, to bore your horse. And so the curtain falls on Act One of Princess O'Hara. Presented on the Damon Runyon Theater and starring Pat O'Brien. You're listening to Radio Rarities. We'll return after this short break. If you enjoy classic radio shows like The Lone Ranger, The Shadow, Jack Benny, Gunsmoke, Dragnet, and Suspense, become a member of the Classic Radio Club. Each month, you'll receive 10 half-hour classic radio shows, along with historical liner notes. The 10 shows will be on five CDs or via digital download, whichever you prefer. You'll also receive an email every week with a digital link to the full five-hour Hollywood 360 radio show and the 30-minute Radio Rarities podcast that Lisa Wolf and I co-host. In total, you'll receive 34 classic radio shows per month. Become a Classic Radio Club member at ClassicRadioClub.com or call 815-900-7535 to speak to a live operator. Log on to ClassicRadioClub.com or call 815-900-7535. That's 815-900-7535. 
Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-494-8310. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-494-8310. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-494-8310. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Now, back to Radio Rarities. And now, here is our star of the Damon Runyon Theater, Pat O'Brien, with Act Two of Princess O'Hara. Well, after we appoint ourselves a committee of three to borrow a horse for Princess O'Hara... Last card, Louie and Regret both confess they have had no experience in such matters. And it comes out that nobody else along Broadway seems to know anything about borrowing a horse either. Oh, we find citizens who know all about borrowing diamond necklaces or hot stoves. But when it comes to horses, everybody confesses themselves at a loss. Oh, it's really amazing the amount of ignorance there is on Broadway about borrowing horses. Then finally, Regret has a bright idea. He knows an old guy left over from a rodeo in Madison Square Garden named Frying Pan Pete, who wears leather pants with hair on them and a wide-brimmed cowboy hat. Well, the three of us approach this old gent, and we make a deal with him. And about ten that night, we go out to Empire City Track. Well, there we are, standing outside the barns where the horses live, and it's darker than boxcars, and maybe darker. And Frying Pan Pete is telling us... <laughs> Gentlemen, horse stealing is considered a most antique custom out where I come from. And in fact, it is no longer practiced in the best circle. But, Pete, this isn't horse stealing, it's horse borrowing. Never heard of horse borrowing. Well, uh, it's a phrase the boys have originated. Well, it is a little like horse stealing, except that we will give back the horse. Gentlemen, this deal brings back many memories. It's a matter of over 25 years since I borrowed a horse... And the last time I do, it gets me three years in the calaboose. But I will put forth my best effort. If you'll just remain here quietly, I will investigate the situation. Remember what I tell you, Pete. Tight stall from the last. Are you sure, Broadway, that is old Gertie's surefoot stall? Of course I'm sure. I was out here only the other day and looked old Gertie over. Well, gentlemen, I'm off to do some horse borrowing. A phrase I find it hard to get used to. If anyone comes along, you boys know what to do. What does he mean by that? I don't know what to do. As far as I am concerned, Regret, he means we should disappear in all directions. Hey, listen. He's opening a stall door. Ah, I think our friend Frying Pan Pete has made a selection. Yeah, here he comes. Gentlemen, horse borrowing is by far easier than horse stealing, as I remember it, even though this is a most unexpected order and I'm a little out of practice. Mm. Here's your nag. Hey, this isn't Gertie Surefoot. No? 
Peach Hook Gallant Godfrey, the fastest horse in the world. Gallant Godfrey? Uh, and it does seem that Frying Pan has made a slight error. But let us not worry about it. We may need the fastest horse in the world before the night is over. Grab his halter, Louie. <laughs> no, no, Louie. The halter's on the other end. <laughs> Under cover of darkness, our plan works out better than I expect. I leave last card, Louie, and regret it Mindy's doing her homework on a scratch sheet, and in no time at all, I've got our borrowed horse hitched to the prince's hack. Oh, the princess is very impressed with the looks of him and says as follows. Broadway, he's a beauty. Such long legs. Almost like a racehorse. Yes, you might say that, princess. Now, climb aboard. We haven't got much time. Then we're really going through with it, Broadway. We're going to meet Mr. O'Rourke and his friend at I.K. Minx. We are, princess. And I have a plan that's going to keep him from bothering you or any other citizen for a long, long time, if it works. It will, Broadway. I have all the confidence in the world in you. Good. I'll just nestle on the cab floor and trust Fats O'Rourke and Joe the Blowfly won't discover me until I figure it's time. Well, the princess drives a hack over to Fifth Avenue and pulls up in front of I.K. Mix. And there we wait for Fats O'Rourke and Joe the Blowfly to show with the hot furs. Oh, and speaking of hot furs, I am hiding under a buffalo robe in the cab, and it's plenty hot. Well, we wait for nearly 15 minutes. Nothing happens, except that I'm suffocating. And then, all of a sudden, out of the front door of I.K. Minx comes Fats and Joe with a bunch of furs as big as they can carry. Okay, sister. I see you're a smart doll and got here on time. This is too easy. We ought to go back for more. Do not be greedy. We have got to get away from here and fast. That alarm's liable to go off any minute. Listen, Princess, drive through the park to the other side and go up past the lake. Wait there away from the streetlights. In a little while, me and Joe will come up in the car and we'll transfer the furs. Got it? Got it. We'll be watching for you. Okay. What do you mean, we? I'll, uh, uh, me, me and my horse, of course. Get up. It's even hotter under that buffalo robe after Fats O'Rourke and Joe pile on that mink and sable. But for what I planned for those two characters, I figure it's worth it. So we're jogging along at a nice pace when suddenly I hear somebody call out. Hey, princess, wait a moment. I've been looking all over for you. George, please go away. You mustn't be seen with me now. Why not? No, no, no. Now I've found you, I'm climbing right up there with you. No, no, you mustn't. But I, I have to see you, princess. Don't you want to see me? I don't know. I mean, yes. I, but I have to ask Broadway. Broadway! Oh, it's okay, Princess, but you'll have to hide in here with me. Come on in, Georges. We may need you. Need me? This I do not understand. <laughs> what are you doing, Broadway, wearing all that mink? Climb in and I'll tell you. We're helping out the Princess. She's in a jam. We'll all be if you don't hurry up. <laughs> to help out the Princess, I will do anything. And why not? I love her. And the first chance I get, I'm going to ask her to marry me. Move over, Broadway. So, Georges joins me under the mink and sable and the buffalo robe, and it is now warmer than summer. I tell him the reason for all this, and also my plan for dealing with Fats O'Rourke and Joe the Blowfly. And I admire the way Georges responds to the challenge. In fact, he is still responding when the princess pulls the hack up to the spot where Fats and Joe join us. 
Uh, this Fats O'Rourke Broadway, he is mine, huh? No, George's. I will take Fats O'Rourke. You can have Joe the Blowfly. Will you two be quiet and get back under those furs? They'll be driving up on us any minute. Princess, you should be under this mink. You too would come up for air. I'd gladly suffocate under mink. <laughs> Broadway, the princess likes mink. Liking mink is an American custom, Georges. Be quiet. Here they come. When I say go, Georges, go. Nice work, sister. Have any trouble? Not yet, Mr. O'Rourke. Uh, Joe, get the first. Okay, Fats. Here's where we finish off a good night's work. Help yourself, boys. Okay, Georges, go. Broadway. Yeah, Broadway. <laughs> this is for you, Mr. Joe, the blues flag. Come on, Georges, climb aboard. And now I ride with my princess. Get up there. Get up. Come on, Joe. Come on, get in the car. After him, Joe. They're coming after us, Broadway. What'll I do? Take this turn, go to the transverse, and they'll take the 39th missing police station. But they'll catch us before we get there. We'll see about that. What is this transverse? There's like a tunnel open at the top, you'll see. Broadway, they're catching up. They're going to crush us against this side wall, Broadway. Faster, princess. Get up there, get up. Tell us, sir, friend, huh? When I give you the signal, give your horse the whip, princess. Come on, come on. What's this horse's name, Broadway? Best race Gallon Godfrey ever ran. Just when it looked like we were a gone goslin with Fats O'Rourke's car coming for us, we slipped by like a thoroughbred easing out of a pocket. And O'Rourke and Zell the Blowfly run smack dab into the transverse wall with a loud kaboom. Well, this messes up their car considerable, and they being in the car, they are quite messed up also. So it is a simple matter to turn them over to the police, hot furs and all, which is what I have in mind all along. The next day, the papers come out with a story of how Gallant Godfrey is missing and a reward of 10 Gs is offered for his return. But I return him the next night for free on account of that was the deal I made with myself in the first place. The next day, I'm standing in front of Mindy's with regret, marking the winners at Empire City Track and wondering where last card Louis is so we can tell him the latest when Prince George's comes up with the news that he and the princess sneaks off that very morning and gets hitched. Well, this makes us happier than winning a four-horse parlay, especially since we hear they're sailing that afternoon for Paris, France, on their honeymoon. So we forget about the races and take ourselves down to the pier to see them off. But we're still missing last card Louis, which is very strange indeed. All ashore, it's gone ashore. Regret. The princess is a wonderful kid, and I'm sure she'll be happy. Like I said in the beginning, George's is okay. You said it, Broadway. And seeing her married to George's is much better than seeing her married to some low character we don't like. By the way, where is last card, Louis? Somebody mentioned my name. Yeah, Louis. Where you been? Broadway, I've been robbed. The princess pulled a fast one on me. Take it easy, Louis. Look, regret, it's like this. The princess agrees she'll sell me her horse. I give her a thousand bucks for it. So what? So I go to the stable to get the princess's horse, which I bought and paid for, and what do I get? Gold bike. And I'm out a thousand bucks. Louie, like Broadway says, so what? Goldberg is a princess's horse, ain't he? Yeah, but I... Louie, Louie, you try to pull a fast one. 
You trying to buy Gallon Godfrey from the princess because you read in the paper there was a reward of 10,000 bucks for him, and you got Goldberg. Which is just what you deserve. Louis, you are in fact fortunate. The princess has just told us what a swell guy she thinks you are for buying Goldberg. The thousand helps care for mom and the kids and permits her to marry George's. I'm a swell guy, did she say? Yeah, sure. Hey, there she is at the rail. Wave to her, Louis. Go on, maybe, maybe she'll throw you a kiss even. Yeah, it's nice to have someone think you're a swell guy. Uh, I'll try it. Yeah. Yeah, she's waving back. Hiya, princess. What's that, princess? You hear that, Louis? You hear that? The princess says you've been such a swell guy to buy Goldberg that she's throwing in the hack. Oh. And you should be pulling it. Go on, wave goodbye to the princess, Louis. Go on, wave. Goodbye, princess. Goodbye. Well, that looks like a horse on Last Card Louie. You'll be hearing another famous Damon Runyon story soon. And in just a moment, our star, Pat O'Brien, and Wendy Barry will be back to tell you about it. Well, Wendy, that was certainly a nice bit of horsemanship you showed in the park. You really got us out of a tight spot. Yes, Pat. Gallant Godfrey is a great, uh, what does regret call a racehorse? Uh, crocodile. <laughs> crocodile, that's right. Tell me, Pat, what's next on the Damon Runyon Theater? Wendy, it's about as amusing a little story as Damon Runyon ever wrote. Not a piece of pie by any chance. That's it, honey. How'd you guess? Oh, it just happens to be one of my favorites. It's about the champion eater, isn't it? That's right. And what happens to his art when he falls in love. It's also about a character called Horse Thief. I remember. But why was he called Horse Thief, Pat? Well, as Broadway would say, he is not called Horse Thief because he ever steals a horse. But because it is a consensus of public opinion from coast to coast that he will steal one if the opportunity presents. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like a nice, interesting chap. Oh, he is. And a piece of pie is an amusing tale. Gee, I hope you'll be listening when we present it next time on the Damon Runyon Theater. I will, Pat. Till I meet you again in front of Mindy's, then, this is Pat O'Brien saying so long. Listen again to the Damon Runyon Theater, presenting the beloved stories of the famous chronicler of the Broadway scene, Damon Runyon, and starring Pat O'Brien. This is Ed Hurley, he speaks. Well, Carl, this rendition of Princess O'Hara was superb and included fine performances by Pat O'Brien, Wendy Berry, and the supporting cast, but I actually prefer John Brown as Broadway. I do too, Lisa, although we only have this one episode with Pat O'Brien for comparison to 52 others with John Brown. Others in the cast of this Princess O'Hara audition were Dick Sanders, who doubled as Fats O'Rourke and the ship's crew member. Walter Vaughn, father of the Man from Uncle star Robert Vaughn, was both Joe the Blowfly and Fry and Pan Pete. Louis Neistat, later known as Louis Nye on television, was Prince George. Mandel Kramer was Last Card Louis, and John Gibson was Regret. During the fall of 1947 and enter the winter of 1948, there was a moderate amount of publicity touting a new Damon Runyon series starring Pat O'Brien. It was promoted as Tales of Broadway. And while recording additional episodes in January of 1948, O'Brien was a guest at the home of New York Mayor O'Donnell. 
Dwyer. The total number of Ronin episodes recorded by O'Brien is unknown. All seem to be going according to plan for the series, when at the National Association for Broadcasters annual meeting in May of 1948, Alan Ladd's Mayfair Transcription Company announced that they had contracted with the Damon Runyon estate for the rights to 156 stories. The Ladd firm began recording the show the following August at the NBC studios in Hollywood. And there was no further word regarding the NBC proposed series with Pat O'Brien. It's unknown why the NBC series with Pat O'Brien did not air and why Alan Ladd's Mayfair firm ended up producing the Runyon series. Was Pat O'Brien not available due to film commitments elsewhere? Was the Runyon estate not happy with the NBC version? Did Alan Ladd and company make a sweeter deal with the Berg Allenberg Talent Agency, which was representing the Runyon estate? I guess we'll never know. Alan Ladd had created his syndicated radio firm the previous year, having achieved great success with his transcribed series Box 13. For his newest series, which used the original title, The Damon Runyon Theater, Ladd utilized the same crew from Box 13, Richard Sandville as director, with Vern Karstensen as production supervisor. Script writer Russell Hughes retained the Broadway character in adapting his version of the Runyon stories. And no better actor could have been chosen than John Brown to portray Broadway, the storyteller, and the only reoccurring character. Because of the upcoming recording ban by the American Federation of Musicians, which took effect in 1948, the same theme and incidental music by John Gart, offered on the NBC audition, was used throughout Ladd's Mayfair series. We'll present the first episode of the Damon Runyon Theater starring John Brown on a future podcast so listeners can compare for themselves. Well, that's all the time we have for this edition of Radio Rarities. Radio Rarities is a Gulfstream Studios copyrighted production produced by yours truly, Carl Amari. My co-host is Lisa Wolf. Mike Costella is our executive producer, and the show is written by Carl Shadow. Next week, we'll present the 1952 audition of Action 80, a science fiction thriller starring William Conrad. You won't want to miss it. Thanks for listening. time to rethink, renew, and reimagine retirement. Hey everybody, Jared Sebesta here, host of Retire Repurposed. Now this podcast is about the non-financial parts of retirement, which many times can be even more challenging than the financial. We believe retirement is not the end, rather the beginning of what could be the most impactful, purposeful, and fulfilling season of a person's life. So don't retire, become repurposed. To listen now, search Retire Repurposed on your favorite podcast platform, Senior Resource, or Life Audio.